Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No What is going on? This one I think might go on on both podcasts. Get some cross-pollination going. If you don't know, blessed to be the host of three podcasts, the flagship Simple Man Sermons, if you care about the important stuff, but also Alpha Male Podcast and Gunfighter Life. I try to keep those fairly separate, the vast majority of episodes, but this one, again, some cross-pollination, so it might come out on both. If you're not subscribed to both, be circumspect. You know, what are you doing? Subscribe to both. Come on, man. But this one. Can't we all just apocalypse along? Right? There's kind of a divide, I think, in the prepper, survivalist, tactical community. If you're not a survivalist, a prepper, or whatever, again, I would say be circumspect and consider that. You know, look at look at just the world around you and see if it might not be wise to and prudent to foresee the potential for bad things in the future and prepare yourself. But anyway, just like the gun community, I don't know if you're familiar, but there's like sometimes a friendly rivalry, like a joking rivalry, like what you would have between like the Army and the Marine Corps, and I served in both, so I guess that qualifies me to say that, I guess. But there's like a friendly rivalry, right? Like between the Army and the Marine Corps, or between any of the two branches, really. It You go from that like jovial kind of messing around to actual animosity. You see this in the gun world, as in... Like, the people that are into the more old-school walnut and blue steel kind of... They're referred to despairingly as FUDs, like Elmer Fudd. Or, like, the guys that are into all the tactical plate carriers and, and ARs and just that. And they're kind of referred to as the mall ninjas or something like it. But I think both have merit. And I think that's one of the things I'm blessed with. Because there's a lot of guys that have a... There's a lot of guys that do content that really have no practical real-world experience in the gun world, and some only have a very narrow experience. Not to take away from that, but they were just this one thing in the military. Um, or they were just a big-game hunter. And I say just as in not that it's a bad thing, but that's a very narrow scope. Somebody that's hunted their whole life and has combat experience and has law enforcement experience, all that stuff, to give you a well-balanced approach. I think that's one of the things I'm blessed to be able to do and pass that knowledge on in gunfighter life is that, you know, I've been a professional big game hunter and guide. I've also been a private contractor. I've also been law enforcement. I can talk about the Glock versus the SIG 320, and I can talk about, you know, the Browning A-Bolt versus the Winchester Model 70. Even though they're kind of two different worlds and a lot of people don't have crossover. Anyway, what does that have to do with today's topic? I know that's kind of a roundabout way, but you may see if you get into the world of preparedness and prepping and survivaling, whatever you want to call it, this divide, this bifurcation, this dichotomy of like the old school bushcrafty, like I'm going to make cordage out of a yucca plant and make a Paiute deadfall. And the tactical guy's like, when the end of the world's coming, I've got 50,000 rounds of ammo and 
my choice of three different configurations of Daniel Defense AR-15 variants and civilian legal flashbangs, and I'm ready to rock and roll, man. And you're thinking, like, which which one of these is right? Oh, well, they can both be right. They can both be right. And I don't think there should be this animosity in the survival prepping world community. And I think it kind of putting them in two separate camps and looking at them as one's right and one is wrong really hurts us in the main goal of survivalism. If the goal is to continue to survive, which one? Whichever one in that circumstance gives you the greatest chances of survival and doesn't compromise your morals, that's the right answer, period. It shouldn't be an either-or thing. You should have skills in both. Right, I can make stuff out of birch bark. I'm looking at something I made out of birch bark on the wall behind me. I can stalk and slay a deer. I'm also looking at my EDC gun sitting in front of me. Six hour M17 with a Trigicon RMR. Old school and new school, baby. Whichever one gives me the greatest chances of survival. My EDC knife that I'm carrying right now is a Tops Tracker. Number three. Got it fixed with a ferro rod and water purification tablets. A compass. Ranger bands for tinder. That's all on my EDC knife. Is it for tactical application? Is it for fighting? Is it for bushcraft? Is it for skinning a deer? Yes. Yes. And yes. Check, check, check. Anything. Right? Can I start a fire with tinder and a ferro rod? Yeah. But guess what? I have a stream light in my pocket. Because <laughs> if somebody tries to ambush me at night at a gas station, I don't want to be sitting there trying to figure out what they look like making sparks with a ferro rod and making a torch. Likewise, I can make stuff out of birch bark. But if I'm in the woods, and if you don't know, my wife and I live as neo-nomads, we live large chunks of our life off-grid. I'm semi-off-grid right now. Have been been a long time since I've been on-grid. But if I'm out in the wilderness and my goal is to not just learn a skill, but my goal is to actually get water. If you don't know, living off-grid, getting water is one of the biggest pain in the butts day to day. Not like the acute, but the chronic, like the things that you need. If you just are accustomed to turning on the tap and getting water, you would not believe what a chore it is to get water, especially when you have to move water to where it is to where you are, like hauling it up from a creek. Okay, on that, if I'm trying to move water, can I make a container? Out of a deer stomach? Yeah, I can. Can I make a container out of birch bark? Yeah, I can. But if I come across an empty two-liter bottle, guess which one I'm going to use to move water? The two-liter bottle, right? Unless I'm trying to learn a skill of making a container out of birch bark and yucca needle and thread, which is a good skill to have. But unless I'm trying to do that that day, if I'm trying to move water and I come across a an empty gallon jug... I'm going to use it. It's, a be- it's better. It's, it's, it's there. Should you know how to make shelter with primitive materials? Yeah. But if I'm bugged out or if I'm lost in the woods, which I've not ashamed to admit, I've been lost in the woods many times at night, get lost. Right. If I'm wandering around in the woods, 
I can make shelter, but if I come across an abandoned car with most of the windows and doors intact, am I going to sit there and make a bushcraft shelter out of, uh, you know, make a wiki up out of saplings and green spruce boffs? Or am I going to simply crawl inside that abandoned car and try and find some old plastic or something and patch up the one window? Right? Probably that one. That's probably the right answer. Why? Because it gives me the greatest chance of survival. The odds of me making, in an evening when I'm lost in the woods, a better shelter than an abandoned car, it's pretty much nil. Right? If I have some basic supplies like a Mylar survival blanket, I'm going to stay in the abandoned car. It, it's already shelter. You know, which one is the right answer for survival? Whichever one in that given circumstance gives me the greatest chances of survival. Let's flip that and say that I'm on the run. I'm hiding. People are trying to kill me. I'm doing E&E escape and evasion, which thankfully I haven't had to do this in real life. Not like this. I mean, in the war, there was escape and evasion times. We were in groups, breaking contact or whatever, or avoiding bad situations. But I've never been like a down pilot. I'm not going to pretend like I have. But if I was escaping evasion in the woods and people were looking for me, then the right answer would be not to stay in that abandoned car because that's an easy place for people to look. I would probably make a more discreet shelter, like digging a shallow trench and covering myself on the bottom with dry leaves and on the top with with uh, small cedar boughs and, and covering them with some kind of natural material, some moss or something. Which one? The right one in that situation. You should have both those skills. You got the guys who are like, when crap hits the fan, it's all about archery because because I can make my own arrows and, and whatever and it's silent and I've seen a bunch of prepper fantasy TV series. Look, you're talking somebody that took his first bear with a bow. I forget if I was 16, 15, 16, 17. I took my first bear with a bow when I was very young. Right, I've I've been hunting... I've been blessed to hunt all over this beautiful country. I can I can slay an animal with a bow. There's a reason why there are special seasons for that. It's harder. Also, yeah, you may get to a point in an apocalypse where ammo is, is gone. But you should be able to store enough ammo for your lifetime and your kid's lifetime if you're judicious with it. So it's kind of foolhardy to say, oh, I'm not... And you see this, like people, I think they're just against guns. They're like hoplophobic. They're they're afraid of guns. They have this like knee-jerk reaction to guns. And they want to justify that and say that, that oh, you know, guns are silly in the apocalypse because you're going to run out of ammo. Yeah, eventually. But you have to survive all the interpersonal confrontations, all the deadly force conflicts from this point until the ammo runs out and survive to the point where that, Bow and arrow makes more sense than the gun. To be able to use both, right? I'm, I'm on top of my bed. Just coincidentally, right now, I'm looking at a Benelli M2 and a PSE Coyote recurve bow. I can shoot both, right? You should be able to shoot both. If I'm going out to put meat on the table today, and you give me the choice between those two, I'm taking the shotgun. It's a better tool for the job. If there's some reason where I don't want to make noise, then I'll take the bow. If I have to pick one, I'm going to take the shotgun pretty much every time with no caveats until I run out of ammo. The right tool for the job at the right time. Don't try and paint it into what... You try and make this scenario into whatever you think is whatever is going to be. When as a good survivalist, as a good prepper, you should be taking advantage of the 
tools and resources in your given situation. Right? If you're cold and wet and trying to survive, and you're like, a real survivalist only makes bow drills and friction fires. And the guy that's like, I know how to make a friction fire, but I have a bick in my pocket. Gitrus one's probably going to survive better. The guy that uses the best tools that are available to him. Who do you think is more likely to survive? The guy that says, I'm only ever going to use a bow because guns are going to run on ammo and these two people are trying to kill each other? Or the guy that has a well-stocked M4, AR-15? And he's like, I'll use the best tool for the job until I don't have it anymore. <laughs> right? Probably, probably the one that's willing to use the best tool or the best thing for the situation at the time. And I think, uh, I think, I think there's this, like, again, this kind of unnecessary animosity, like, you got to do it this way. This is the bushcraft way. You got to do it this way. This is the tactical operator way. I've run into this before, like, batoning wood. Why? I, again, I spend large chunks of my life off grid. I spend large chunks of my life living out in the bush, probably more than the vast majority of people. I have never once ever in my life needed to baton wood. If I need to make big sticks into little sticks, I will simply lay them in the fire and burn them and continue to push them in the fire. Or I will take a big rock and smash them or a bigger stick or a log and smash them. I'm not going to sit there and waste the time and the energy to sit there and baton them. I've never once needed to do that. Is it a good skill? Maybe if, if, if I ever run into it, like I could baton wood if I wanted to. But why am I going to sit there and introduce my knife into a situation where I don't need my knife? I'm just not I'm not just out there to play with my knife. If I want to get the dry parts of wood inside of sticks, I will simply lay them down and smash them with a the rock or smash them with the bigger log. Or rip the bark off a dead tree to get dry tinder. I'm not saying there's never ever a situation, but I'm telling you it's well way overblown. Like you got you got a baton wood. This is the best batoning knife for wood. I'm here to tell you Unless I just did it to do it, I have never, ever, ever needed to baton wood. And the guy that's actually trying to survive, if he spends, you know, valuable time and calories batoning wood, when the other guy just picks up a rock and smashes the wood and is done in 30 seconds, over time, which one's more likely to survive? The guy that's not married to the, this is the bushcraft way, or this is the logical way that works and makes sense. If you look at survival in the chronic, in the long term, it's largely a game of calories. Input versus output. If that guy's sitting there spending two hours batoning wood and I smash it in 30 seconds with a rock and I go out and hunting or spending that time to make traps, over time, there's no telling what happens in the short term, but over time, right, that's a more successful strategy in my opinion. Likewise, you know, the guy that's all about tactical, tactical this, tactical that, to solve every problem with a gun. When the apocalypse happens, I'm going to run out and hunt deer with my AR-15. Or, and you're talking to somebody that hypothetically may have done this in the past, you could trap deer. If you're in a non-permissive environment, like it's, I know how to make snares. You're talking to somebody that has been a professional trapper. I've been a professional big game hunter and guide, ranch manager, and part of that was trapping. I have trapped. There's a time to shoot deer with a rifle. There's also a time where it makes a lot of sense going back to calories and being clandestine, being undetected, where I might have the best rifle in the world. I might have the coolest tricked out whatever. But it makes more sense to trap the deer from a silence standpoint, from a calorie standpoint. right? If I have 
proper snare material or I can make proper snare material, right? If I can set, let's say 20 deer snares in an area, especially if the weather's bad, right? That the bushcrafty making a snare might be the better alternative to using my tactical kit and running around and making a bunch of noise after I shoot the deer, right? You get the idea. There's a time and a place for both. Which one? You should be well-rounded. Be a polymath when it comes to when it comes to survival. Maybe that should be the name of the title of the episode. It was going to be something else. But maybe polymath survival, at least for a subtitle. A polymath is somebody that's good at different things. The jack-of-all-trades is probably the colloquial way you've heard it. A jack-of-all-trades, right? Should you have a tactical war belt with all the kit? Or should you... Know how to navigate with a stick in the sun making a sun clock. Yeah, both. You should know both. Should you know how to make a fire with just basic natural materials? Yeah, you should. But guess what? If there's a battery around and I have a battery and a gum wrapper and I can make a fire that way easier and it's an actual survival scenario, I'm not actually just trying to master the skill I'm going to use the battery because it's there. It's a resource. As a human, as a survivor, I think it it's good to use the resources presented to us. So I think it's kind of a ridiculous dichotomy. Which one? The bushcraft or the tactical? Yeah. Yeah, both. Do both. You may even have a favorite. You may prefer one to the other, and that's fine. But I think you're doing yourself a massive disservice if you don't know both. Anyway, do both. Be familiar with both. I think both is the right answer here. Whichever one increases your chances of survival if survival is your goal. Anyway, with that, your tactical tip of the day. I recently did this today. Um, if you don't know, had uh, some stuff stolen out of the truck. Some, some guns taken, stolen out of the truck. Replacing the truck gun, the truck carbine, my general go-to truck gun is a shotgun, but replacing the truck carbine in AR-15. I have it put in a covert place generally in the truck, so you can't just look in the truck and see it. And I keep it in a bag with its line one and line two gear, the gear that's on the rifle, like in the in the grip, a spare extractor and things like that because ARs break. And the line two gear, the stuff in the bag with it, spare mags, the bandolier to throw over. and If I have to get out of there quick anyway if it's a truck gun there's a good chance i might have to get to it quickly rapidly deploy it oftentimes we think of in the survival and the bushcraft it's got to blend in it's got to blend in it's got to blend in not always sometimes you want to stand out on the bag that i have it's a soft case it's got a shoulder sling so i could just grab the whole bag if i need to but on there i put a really obnoxiously bright orange piece of paracord on the zipper pull because if something happens and I have to jump out of the truck and I have to open it really quick and deploy the gun I don't want to be fishing around trying to figure out which of the four or three or four zipper pulls on there opens that so I can grab the gun and I don't want to be having to do that at night where I can barely see I want to be able to easily see and grab and open that case and deploy the gun you don't always want everything to blend in this is handy for like a lot of stuff in in the world of 
survival. A lot of people gravitate towards everything's got to be camo. Everything's got to be camo. No, you don't want everything camo. Like if it's a knife that goes in your pocket, it doesn't need to be camo. And if you set it down, it's probably beneficial if it's a bright color so that you can find it again. So that you're not looking around for it at night and then you can't find it. Or you step on it. Right, so if it's a knife that goes in your pocket, a bright color may actually be more practical than like a camo knife. What? Why does a pocket knife need to be camo? I'm not saying if you have a good knife and it's camo that you can't use it, but if you're looking for a pocket knife, like let's say a really good classic EDC knife, a buck 110 slim, and you choose between camo and bright red, I would choose the bright red because it makes more sense. Anyway, tactical tip of the day, not everything's got to be camo and discreet. Something Sometimes you want things overt. If you're running a soft case, you may have to deploy rapidly. Maybe take a bright color, a 550 cord or, or even like bright color duct tape so that you can grab it and find it easily. If somebody's more, if you're a few feet, because you're going to have to be within a few feet of it to open it, then you can see it really easily. If you're more than a few feet away, you're probably not seeing, you know, several inches of 550 cord. So it's not like going to give you away if you're trying to do the escape and evasion thing, right? So it just makes sense if there's something I'm going to have to rapidly find and deploy for it to be easy to see. So just a different way to think about things. Again, finding that balance. Overt versus covert. Which one? Whichever one is better for the situation. And with that, your tactical tip of the day, your tactical verse of the day. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Start with the first verse of that again. I would have lost heart unless I had believed. Whether you're more of a bushcrafty guy or more of a tactical guy. The point of your life is not to draw breath as long as you can draw breath. The point of your life, I believe, should be to grow closer to God. Understand God, be in a right relationship with God. The things that are really important are eternal. You are an eternal being, made in the image of God, put here in a mortal coil, in a body that's temporary. But you should be looking at the eternal salvation, at the eternal reality of your existence, not just the practical. Now, the practical is important, too. Again, I'm a prepper and a survivalist. As long as God has a purpose for me here on this earth, I want to continue to survive and thrive. But don't just focus on the physical, because you are more than a physical being. You are primarily a spiritual being having a physical experience here on this earth. Don't forget that, and don't forget where your hope comes from. Your hope comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I'll read that verse again, and that'll that'll wrap up this episode. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.